There's a lot of faith being put a new Colts head coach, Shane Steichen, based on what he's been able to do with players in the past. But what does he actually have with this current Colts squad? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur, your local credentialed media member from HorseshoeHuddle.com, joined by my colleague at HorseshoeHuddle.com, Zach Hicks, who is just the best dang film guy in the biz over here. Uh, check out our written stuff over there, of course. Uh, but we're also your hosts here, the hostess with the mostest. Uh, today we are talking Shane Steichen, getting a little bit away from the quarterback stuff. Uh, but we're going to compare what he's got with his current Colts offense based on you know the the things that have made him who he is, uh, the success he's had with the Los Angeles Chargers and their players over there. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, guys like that. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, who he just helped take to the Super Bowl. Uh, so in the third segment, we'll talk about these offensive lines. You know, the Colts, it's a really intriguing group. The Eagles, that one's the the best in the NFL. Uh, segment two, we'll be talking about the running backs and how uh, this is actually a really unique situation for Steichen. He's got a true star running back for the first time in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the wide receivers because in the modern NFL, that's really starting to make the engine run a, a little more. Uh, so, Zach, when you look at what Steichen has had in the past with the Chargers and the Eagles and now what he's got here in Indy, are there any similarities that you can see, at least from a role perspective? Yeah, no, I think there there are certain molds of wide receivers that he's worked with in the past that he now has in Indy. And, you know, again, just very different versions. Like I'm not going to say these are one-to-one comparisons. Everything is on the spectrum, obviously. So we're not going to say that, for instance, Michael Pittman Jr. I think is like, he kind of fits that similar role as AJ Brown. I'm not saying he is AJ Brown. That's not a one-to-one. I know a lot of people are going to say the Colts I don't now, have an AJ Brown. You know? I now like, have sky-high expectations <laughs> for 2023. No, but again, if you look at Michael Pittman Jr. and where he is at his best, he is an underneath wide receiver that wins over the middle. You know, he can win in that short to intermediate range. He's just a dog over the middle who catches those contested passes uh, and, and can make things happen after the catch. You know, actually, I was looking at some stats the other day, and I'm, I'm actually really happy I looked these up now. So it just works perfectly for this podcast. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. in 2021, when he actually had a quarterback, you know, with an actual arm throwing him the ball back in 2021, uh, 56.8% of his catches that season went over the middle of the field, you know, middle of the field uh, type of receiver, despite being an outside receiver, a guy who lined up on the outside. Uh, so nearly 50% of his overall yards came over the middle. A.J. Brown last year, 56.4% of his uh, overall receptions came in the middle of the field and nearly 50% of his yards as well. So those are over-the-middle wide receivers, guys who line up on the outside but can win in the in the dirty areas over the middle. So, you know, again, I, I don't think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to have a 1,600-yard season like A.J. Brown just did. But if you're looking for roles, he has his big body 
over the middle wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr., which was a huge help to getting Jalen Hurts from, you know, good young quarterback to runner up for MVP last year. Yeah, I, I really like that comparison, especially when you look at the 2021 numbers, like you said, because I felt like that is where we saw the the broadest, broadest sense of Pittman's game because he hasn't been known as a downfield guy at all, but Carson Wentz did like to give him 50-50 right. shots downfield, and he had plenty of, st- of stuff over the middle. And like you said, he can create after the catch, which is what the Colts tried to do with him as a rookie. So he's kind of had different roles in all three years but they all kind of add up to be a similar type of skill set. Not like you said, that shouldn't be the expectation is AJ Brown, but skill set nonetheless. Uh, next up, the other outside receiver for the Colts, Alec Pierce. Uh, who, who do you see there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll actually put these next two guys kind of, kind of together because I think these comparisons, you know, they need to be made in the same vein here. And that's Alec Pierce to Mike Williams back with the Chargers in 2020. Now, Mike Williams didn't have his best career season in 2020, under uh, Shane Steichen, but it was still a good season. You know, he missed some time with injury. Uh, But basically what Shane Steichen did that season was he would throw out three by one sets and he would have Mike Williams on that backside. And if he saw a single high safety over the top that was shading the three wide receivers, it was a go ball to Mike Williams. It was a go ball to Mike Williams. We saw last year with Alec Pierce, that's what the Colts were doing. You know, they did not have the quarterback that could do that last year. Uh, Nick Foles wanted to be the quarterback who could do that, but he sadly couldn't do it at all. Uh, But Alec Pierce is that vertical weapon. Now, uh, again, Mike Williams is a stronger player, more physical player than Alec Pierce. And Pierce is a little bit more explosive and fast than Mike Williams, but similar type of jump ball guy who can win those contested catches there. So I, I love that comparison. And that's, again, that's a mold that Shane Sykin has worked with in the past. And the other one I want to throw out here real quick is Isaiah McKenzie, Uh, Coming in here, the free agent from the Buffalo Bills, super athletic, super fast. He fits that that Quez Watkins role in the slot. You know, that slot receiver who can run those deep over routes, who can catch some passes underneath and be a separator in the quick game. Again, they're both kind of inconsistent wide receivers that are never going to be like thousand yard guys. But those are guys who fill that role, that that over route role, that deep threat role. Uh, So I think that that compares super well. I just think they're missing one thing, Jake, just one thing here. Uh, and I'll let you guess it. What do you think? What, what kind of, what mold of receiver are we missing in this offense when we have, you know, big physical AJ Brown-esque receiver, uh, vertical guy like Mike Williams, and then another vertical guy like Kez Watkins. What are we really missing in this offense right now? I personally think they could use, you know, a playmaker or some sort of slot that is able to just do things, you know, basically if they would have re-signed Paris Campbell, I thought yes. I thought that's what they, they needed to do. Um, so you had Alex, Alec Pierce compared with Mike Williams, and then you have this, this other set here. You know, there are some outliers. Who are your Devontae Smiths and Keenan Allens? Right. And honestly, to me, when I see Alec Pierce, I do see a little more Devontae Smith, to be to be honest with you. Smith probably doesn't get a lot of recognition because he's a little guy. He's got like the Marvin Harrison frame, basically. Um, he's at least put pretty slender. But I think he's just so competitive at right. those jump balls. And he's got I think he's got good explosiveness. I could see Pierce in more of a Devontae Smith role, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I'll, I'll touch on this real quick because we do have to move on here in a second. But my big thing with that labeling that the Colts don't have a Devonta Smith, they don't have a Keenan Allen type receiver that Steichen has had the last three seasons is who is that guy who third and six, third and seven, I need someone to get open. I need you. Like I'm going to put you backside in the three by one 
And yeah, you know, I could send you vertical like an Alec Pierce or Mike Williams or something like that, but I need you to run this slant. I need you to run this whip route. I need you to run uh, this dig route. Who's getting open in this Colts wide receiver room? Because right now their best separator statistically is Kylan Granson. And I love Kylan Granson. <laughs> Kylan Granson's awesome, but he's, he's not your Devonta Smith. He's not your Keenan Allen. So who is that in the Colts offense right now? And I don't think they currently have that type of player. Now that could be an Alec Pierce. That could be a Michael Pittman Jr. But as of right now, I'm seeing similar molds that Shane Steichen has worked with. I just want one more. I want, I want someone who can get open. And we'll talk later this week about, you know, some guys who kind of fit that in this draft. And, and I'm sure you guys have some guys in mind, but that's the one thing I think the Colts, the Colts need is who, who is that separator who third and six, third and seven, third and eight is going to get me that first down. Absolutely. They really need that route winner and they need to come out of this draft probably with them. Uh, but next Steichen is going to be working with the kind of running back room that he's just really, he's really never had anything like this before. Cause we've seen that Jonathan Taylor can be a true star, but first let's hear from our friends over at built. Something exciting is coming to built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, you have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So go ahead and mark those calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is, honestly. Uh, make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Yeah, and thank you guys for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Every day or yesterday on today's show, I was joined by Mark Schofield of SB Nation to talk all things Will Levis. Make sure you jump back to that episode if you if you missed it. Uh, it was a really, really fun time, really fun conversation. But we have a fun conversation going on right now, and we're talking about this you know, running back room in Indy. The running back room in Indy is so unique compared to what Shane Steichen has worked with with the Chargers and worked with with the Philadelphia Eagles because – Yes, Austin Eckler right now is a star running back, but back in 2020, he was a 500-yard rusher. You know, they, it was kind of a platoon that they had back then. And then also when you look at Philly, yes, Miles Sanders was their lead back, but he he was not a Jonathan Taylor. Like, this is the first time that Shane Steichen has had a running back of this caliber. You know, a running back who was an eight, you know, an all-pro, a first-team all-pro two years ago phenomenal player. Uh, I think I can't remember if he made the Pro Bowl last year. I don't think he made the Pro Bowl last year because it was just a down year for everybody, obviously. But this is an all-pro caliber running back that Shane Steichen has never been able to work with. So if we're trying to compare this to the success he had in the run game with his last two destinations, you have to think it's going to be more in Indy simply because the caliber of running back that he's going to be working with. No, absolutely. I I, I think any head coach, especially an offensive-minded one coming here to Indy, would see Jonathan Taylor and say, yeah, I've got a plan for him. Right. Sure, last year was, was a bummer. You know, the offensive line was, was kind of a dud for a while, and he had the ankle that kind of derailed everything. Uh, but when you're looking at the offense, I think your, your first plan of how you're going to mold this thing is you got to be focused there. And a big part of it is what quarterback you're going to take. You and I have discussed, right. you know, if you get like an Anthony Richardson, that opens up so many possibilities for the run game and Taylor. Uh, but in general, I think they need to get back to like a lot of the RPO stuff they did in 2021 when Taylor really flourished. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the fasting part about the RPO game and, and 
you know, why again, an Anthony Richardson fits that will Levis fits that Bryce young fits that even CJ Stroud fits that as well. So any quarterback they really take up here fits that RPO game, but what makes RPO so effective for a running back like Jonathan Taylor is you're making that defense just hesitate for an extra second. You know, whether that's the conflict defender on the edge, that defensive end off the edge, whether that's one of the linebackers who's now hesitating in their read step up because they don't know if a slant's coming right behind them. Like they have to hesitate. And when you have this 4'3", 210, 220-pound running back who is capable of running for nearly 2,000 yards in a season, that you can't hesitate with that. Like, you can't hesitate. Uh, and, and that's what that adds. You know, again, with, with a Matt Ryan last season, you try to run an RPO, the ball's going to flutter to even five yards down the field. Like, you really don't even have to worry about your read step being too far inside because that ball's probably not getting behind you. Now you insert a Will Levis. Now you insert an Anthony Richardson, a C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. That ball is going to come out quick. It's going to come out hot and come out quick. Uh, and that is something that teams have to worry about. So, yeah, I, I love the idea of the RPO game opening that up. Obviously, more runs out of shotgun to have lighter boxes for Jonathan Taylor, uh, even though he has struggled a little bit with runs out of the gun in the past. Again, I think just the lighter boxes in general uh, will help him. Uh, the other really interesting thing about this running back room right now is they have some guys who can catch the ball in the backfield, like not Zach Moss. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's decent at it. Uh, and and Deion Jackson's obviously shown the propensity to do that, obviously. Uh, but we don't really have that pure receiving back right now in Indy. You know, if you look at Shane Steichen's past two stops and with the Chargers and with the Eagles, you know, Austin Eckler was a 50 catch guy in 2020. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, the last two seasons, I think he's combined for 70 catches there with Philly. Like they've had pass catching running backs. And the guy who would have been perfect for that is now playing in Buffalo for, for Indy right now. So do you think maybe... You know, again, do you think this could maybe be like a Jonathan Taylor increased role in the passing game? Or do you think maybe a Deion Jackson or a draft pick could be that for the Colts? That That is interesting because, I mean, in my opinion, when you've got a pass catching back, you want them to be someone who is shifty and you want to get them out in space. You know, that's kind of the point of getting them outside on those passes other than just being a quick outlet. And although I think Deion Jackson is a really good receiver as a running back he does I mean he's more of an in-between the tackles runner yeah so it's something they could still use I think just a a shiftier guy to catch passes I guess uh but all told with what they have right now I'd probably invest more in Jonathan Taylor we know getting him out in space is a really good idea we've seen it work before in 2021 I thought he had a lot of big receiving plays yeah. And shoot, the, his first touch in the NFL was like a 35-yard reception that he almost had for a touchdown. Um, so you get him out in space, especially with a lead blocker. I mean, you obviously can't do that 60, 65 times a year. Uh, but I, I think he can be used better in the passing game. Yeah, you know, and, and Shane Second had this really interesting call this past season where, you know, again, he's a he's a vertical threat guy. He likes to attack the ball down the field. Uh, but with his four verts calls, he liked to get a running back angle out of the backfield, you know, a little C route out of the backfield from his running backs. Call uh, the, which the be, Texas route? Yeah, the little Texas route, Ooh, you know. Buddy. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to call it. The C route, Texas, uh, angle route, uh, any of that. Yeah, he likes to get that out there. So you get that one-on-one with the Jonathan Taylor versus you know maybe a, a sleight of foot uh, uh linebacker in there you know so he can pull away from that and make some big explosive plays happen so yeah i think as of right now i would lean jonathan taylor probably seeing the most percentage of snaps that a shane steichen running back has ever seen you know like austin eckler i think was at like 60 ish percent mm-hmm. in 2020 uh and obviously the last two seasons with the eagles they've had such a platoon back there that you 
you know, you don't really have that lead back. Like Miles Sanders got most of the carries, but you know, Kenneth Gainwell had a ton of snaps in the backfield and so did Boston Scott and a couple other guys. Uh, so I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be that bell cow, even though Shane Steggins never really had a bell cow. Uh, but the last guy I want to talk about here, who's kind of like the, the difficult one to compare with the rest of these running backs we're talking about is Zach Moss. You know, where does Zach Moss fall in line with this? Now, I think you could look at like Boston Scott's role with the Eagles last year and kind of say, okay, I could see him kind of doing that. You know, you get like five to 10 touches a game and you're just kind of pounding up the middle, maybe getting on the edge a little bit. But I think Zach Moss is going to be a really interesting one to see what he does with that. I do too, because I think another part of it is, uh, you know, just taking advantage of opportunities that are given because Jonathan Taylor we really don't know what he's going to look like as a three down back next year because he kind of took a step back in pass protection. Yes. Um, And that, you know, Zach Moss has been able to do that throughout his career really. So is he going to, is he going to eat a lot of those third down snaps and in passing situations, not just as a receiver, but as, as a pass protector, because it's really critical. I I mean, the offensive line and the tight ends get a lot of the, the crap flung at them for giving up stuff, but we've seen, plenty of blown protections from running backs in the last couple of years. So um, I think if, if he's your strongest pass protecting back still, I think you got to give him an increased role because I mean, I, I know that kind of runs counter to what I said about Jonathan Taylor, but you know, the, the guys who are performing have to, you know, they, they earn those roles. And that's really where I see Moss earning his, his niche role there. Uh, obviously it's probably some short yardage stuff as well, but um I could definitely see him being their pass protecting back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think this Colts running back room has the potential to be Shane Steichen's best running back room that he's ever worked with in the NFL. And that's saying something he's worked with some really good running back rooms of uh, coming up guys. We're going to talk about this Colts offensive line and how it kind of mirrors what the Eagles offensive line looked like going into 2021. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. All right, guys. So we're here to talk about this Colts offensive line. Like, I know it wasn't pretty last season. It was not pretty last season. But before we talk about how it compares to that 2021 Eagles offensive line and how I think this is kind of a sign of good things to come maybe with with the Colts, is Shane Seikens worked with a much worse offensive line before. Like yeah. Some <laughs> of those Colts, Chargers lines were not good. Yeah, no, the Colts offensive line last year was not great. It, it could have been a lot better, obviously. We, we're all kind of bummed out by how that season went. But if you look at what the Chargers offensive line looked like in 2020, I'm going to read off some names for you guys. Uh, and, and keep in mind, I, again, take these stats for a grain of salt here. It's pro football focus. All of these starters graded below a 61 overall in pass blocking grade. These were the starters for, for the 2020 uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, Trey Pipkins, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, Trey Turner, and our boy, Sam Tebby. Like, that was the starting offensive line that season for the Chargers. Now, the only people who think that's a great offensive line are me and Jake back in our pre-draft days thinking that Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney were going to be stars. Oh, and- I was here for it. <laughs> I was bes- here for it. Besides that, that was a poor offensive line, and Shane Steichen made it work. Obviously, Justin Herbert had the historic rookie season with that offensive line, so he's been able to make that stuff work. But to kind of move on to – you know, how this Colts offensive line has reasons for optimism. Look at the Eagles offensive line in 2021, what they were going into that season with. They had a young left tackle who was kind of unproven in Jordan Mailata. 
who had his breakout season that year, which is very similar to Bernard Ryman. Uh, they had the two stars on the offensive line in, Bra- er, in uh, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, which Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson. Uh, and then you have some other guys uh, in there as well where, you know, they had Landon Rooker- Landon Dickerson starting at one of the guard spots who was a rookie. Uh, and then you had a rotation of Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig. You know, I, I think the Colts offensive line kind of mirrors that pretty well, don't you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I really do because there is – I mean – We've seen Will Fries and, and Bernard Ryman, but they are still unproven because right. they haven't really been handed the keys to start the season. And, you know, we thought that Matt Pryor and Danny Pinter were nice players going into last season because of what they'd done before. Yeah. So the, it, it, I think you're exactly right. There are some established stars there, but, you know, those guys aren't just going to cover up the warts of the the youth. You know, there's – Coaching is going to have to be strong to bring all these guys along. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think the Jordan Mailata one's very interesting with Bernard Ryman. Like, obviously, again, the Colts don't have a Jeff Stoutland. Like, nobody has a Jeff Stoutland, the best offensive line coach in all of football, and maybe a guy who's going to be in Canton one day for how great he's been with offensive line uh, over the past you know decade with the Eagles. But I think, again, when you look at Jordan Mailata and the steps he took after that that you know, going into that 2021 season, he became a legit starting left tackle in football. And before that, he was just this former rugby player who was like a project that they were working on. Now look at the Colts and who's their left tackle. This, you know, former tight end that they brought in and and had a rough rookie season, you know, up and down rookie season, definitely got better late. And you're trying to get him to take that next step here under Shane Steichen. Jordan Mailata was able to do that. Can Bernard Ryman do that with this offensive staff? Yeah, so I, I kind of want to speak to, you know, the the offensive line advancing a little bit because Ryan Kelly did speak to the the media yeah. here on Wednesday. And he it was kind of enlightening because if if you want some realness from the offensive line group, you're really gonna go to Ryan Kelly for it. So they know last season was was pretty much a disaster and everything. And they're really looking forward to things with Tony Sperano Jr. as coach. You know, he kind of put things in perspective for them. You know, physically, these guys are still capable of performing at a high level, um, but they just have to get the confidence and trust back in that offensive line room because you and I saw a ton of times watching sacks and all these holes open up. Certain guys seem to be overcompensating in certain yeah. spots. You know, they weren't just doing their job. They felt they had to protect the side as well because they didn't they probably didn't trust that it was going to be done if they get the trust back in that room and, you know, the camaraderie and everything and just the belief that they are, you know, the the baddest group of offensive linemen that's going to step on that field every Sunday, that's, you know, that's the next step they need to take, I think, because physically these guys are still really good players. Uh, you got a couple guys, especially Bernard Ryman, who you hope, you know, that he, he could be a really good left tackle, we think, uh, but he's still got some development to do. And, you know, I don't think these these veteran guys really aren't out of their prime yet. You know, Ryan Kelly today, he does he does keep it real. He said, you know, I know I can still physically do it because I I feel as good as I ever have. So it's not like I feel like I'm deteriorating, basically. Um, So, I mean, hopes are high there. You know, they, they really seem to like the coach they have there and hopefully he can kind of flip the light on for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and to kind of bring this back to comparing it to those Eagles offensive lines, especially the 2021 season. The one thing that I think the Colts really lack, though, compared to that 2021 Eagles line 
just, you know, aside from the Jess Stoutland of it all, uh, is the depth, man. It's the depth. And that's what the Colts are really lacking right now. They just don't have quality depth. And if you look at that Eagles team in 2021, they lost Brandon Brooks, I think, one game into the season for the mm-hmm. entire year. He was supposed to be their all-pro starter at guard. And then they, I think Isaac Suomalo also tore his ACL that season. Didn't they bring well. in Jason Peters back for one more run and moved him to guard or something? They, they might have brought him back a little bit too. I know he didn't start yeah. too many games, but like this is where you got the rotation of Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig that were at one of the guard spots. They rotated the whole year, and those guys were admirable. They played really well. That's why you got Landon Dickerson out there a lot earlier than what they expected, but they had the depth to do that. That's the one thing I think – Again, on paper, if you're looking at just the starters, if the Colts add a rookie at right guard, then you're looking at, okay, this can be similar to the 2021 Eagles with Shane Steichen, where they have the top, the top end talent. They have quality guys that they're developing underneath, but it's just that depth. You know, what happens, you know, like back again, back then in 2021, Brandon Brooks and Isaac Suomala go down for the whole year. They're still able to get guys in there who can play. The Colts right now, if Quint Nelson goes down for the whole year, who are you putting in there at left guard? You're putting mm-hmm. Carter O'Donnell in left guard, and that's not quality depth right there, or at least we don't we don't think it is as of right now. So I think again, this Colts offensive line can be as good as that 2021 Eagles offensive line. It's already better than that Chargers offensive line in 2020. The next step though is adding the depth, adding more quality, adding another rookie maybe or another veteran in free agency, adding just guys who can play to to round out that group. Uh, I think there's still time to do all of that, obviously, but. I have high hopes for this offensive line turning around for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, if, if you obviously take away quarterback and cornerback and you and I have both said offensive line depth is probably the next thing you got to look at. You screen it from the rooftop. Do not let what happened last year happen because, you know, performance aside, you know, depth was a huge issue. Like, yeah. like you said, Carter O'Donnell, Jordan Murray are your, your tackles right now. You've got Will Fries, Danny Pinter, like, you just don't have you just don't have it right now. Like you need at least one or you probably need another veteran who has started before. You need a capable rookie. And that's been one of the biggest things for the Eagles. You know, that one guy goes down, the next man up thing has not been a problem whatsoever. Yeah. Uh so yeah, depth is something the Colts have talked about coveting and, and wanting for years, and they've had it before but they let themselves slip in that area last year. And we really saw what a disaster that turned out to be. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think the potential is there for this offensive line. They just need some more tweaking. And obviously Mm -hmm. we have the draft and a couple other things to go here. So I have high hopes for the Colts this season, high hopes for the Colts offensive line, high hopes for their running back room under Shane Steichen, and obviously their wide receiver room that we talked about in the first segment. Uh, Thank you guys for making Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Every day is again tomorrow. We're going to be right back here, bright and early, talking about the Colts' dream scenario at the top of the draft. You know, could they get QB2 at number four? Make sure you set your alarms because you really don't want to miss that episode tomorrow. Uh, If you don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at JakeArthurNFL, and at ZachHicks2 on Twitter. Also, subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings, reviews. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you love. And we'll see you guys tomorrow.